0: Hey, good morning, uh, Riverview. Uh, Here we are again meeting together. Uh, I'm here, you're there, meeting in your homes. Uh, You've got friends with you, you've got family maybe with you, or maybe you're sitting and you're watching at home uh, by yourself this morning. I just want to welcome you in, uh, people of Ashland, uh, people of broader communities, um, because I want to give you some really exciting news. Uh, Maybe I didn't see this coming last week um, at all, uh, but did you know um, that we had people watching uh, and, and tuning in and worshiping with us from all around the world uh, this this past week. Like we truly were the global church. Uh, we know that we're always part of the global church, uh, but we just got to experience it in a real and a tangible uh, way. Uh, we had uh, some missionary partners in Argentina uh, who worshiped along with us. We had some missionary partners who are in India who worshiped, uh, who worshiped along with us as well. And then we had people uh, who were watching uh, uh, in uh, so many of the different states here in our own nation that were worshiping along with us. And man, it was just amazing that we were doing that together. And uh, this uh, weird sense of technology has enabled that uh, to to happen uh, right now, uh, which is really cool. It was kind of a silver lining that we never saw coming. And honestly, we've had all kinds of silver lining stories that we've heard um, about what's going on right now, and it's not to, to diminish um, just the severity of what's going on uh, in our nation and around the world, um, but we just know, man, God is at work. He is doing some miraculous things, and some of you have shared those stories with us, and I want to encourage you um, that uh, I believe this is going to be on Facebook, and it's going to be on Instagram, and it's going to be on Vimeo as well. Um, if you have one of those uh, silver lining stories would you just like, like drop it down in the comments section somewhere? Because we want to we wanna rejoice along with you and celebrate along with you where you personally see God working in your life uh, or where you see Him working in a scenario uh, that maybe you didn't see coming. It just kind of took you by surprise. Um, there's just story after story after story that are coming out like that. And so share those with us. Let us uh, rejoice with you. Um, but I want to pray as we kind of get started here. Uh, so if you would, let's bow together and let's uh, spend a moment just talking to the Lord. Father, thank you so much that we uh, get to gather this morning. Uh, It doesn't look like the way that we uh, would normally be doing. It doesn't look like what we would rather. Um, We miss each other. We miss uh, seeing friends, and we miss uh, seeing family in the same space, and we miss just kind of being the gathered local church together, but Lord, we know right now um, that you're doing work in a different kind of way uh, right now. You are um, using us in our homes, you're using us in our workplaces in unique ways, and I'm just excited about the creative um, things that are happening through uh, video chats and uh, text messaging and emailing and uh, just serving people in unique ways right now. And um, I I just love hearing those stories, God. And so as as we're um, meeting uh, in our separate homes this morning, we wanna ask that you would meet us there, um, that you would meet us in this space too. And uh, Lord, we wanna be completely surrendered to what you have for us this morning. And so our hands are open Our hearts are ready, our ears are uh, just kind of tuned in, and Lord, you lead us the way that you want. Um, Would you speak through me this morning, God? I am available for you. In your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, uh, I I want to talk to the men who are in the room right now. I want to give you a a quick warning, okay? Okay. it's about to get sappy for just a a couple quick minutes, and uh, I I don't want you to go running out of the room, uh, but if you're going to go running out of the room, this is kind of your chance, right? Because nobody's watching. Uh, You've got opportunity to go unless you've got somebody there in the room with you, but really I don't want you to take off. I just wanted to give you kind of a public service announcement that it's really, it's going to get sappy uh, for just a second. As as a brother in Christ, as as a friend, uh, you've been warned, okay? It's coming. But there's a A song that when it comes on the radio, every time that it comes on, uh, without a doubt, uh, it always kind of takes me back to the moment that uh, I got to marry uh, my best friend and I got to marry uh, Ashley. And yeah, I know that's sappy, right? I told you it was going to be sappy for just a second. Uh, But the the song that comes on is is Edwin McCain. Uh, It's his song, I'll Be. Right? When that song kicks on, man, I'm there. I, I'm back in Kansas where we got married. It's 100 degrees outside. I'm standing there in the grass. All of our friends and our family, they're gathered up together as well. And then all of a sudden, man, Edwin kicks on. He starts belting out that song. And as he starts, I, I see uh, my beautiful bride come walking around the corner of the house. And, then I, and my eyes catch hers for the very first time. And, man, I am just taken back at the beauty that I see. And then she comes around and she starts walking up the aisle and then our eyes meet and as she's walking my way, my, my eyes begin to water just a little bit because of the sweat and the heat that's outside, of course, you know. And as she gets a little bit closer, my, my heart is, is picking up a couple extra beats uh, per minute. And I am just so overwhelmed with joy as I see her walking up the aisle uh, that afternoon. And every single time that song comes on, This is what my mind does. Okay, It doesn't really matter where where we're at. It doesn't matter what's going on. We could be walking in the store and that song comes on and my mind goes back to that moment. We can be having a heated conversation or discussion. We could be stressed about work or stressed about life and, and we can be in those moments where there's just kind of some tension and we're just not really relationally connecting very well. That kind of stuff happens and we're just kind of maybe getting on each other's nerves a little bit. But when that song comes on, and there we are, standing there and I'm waiting for her coming up there. I'm just so overwhelmed with joy. and My mind goes there. I, I, I guess you could say that that song is, is kind of a, a song that has the ability to lead my emotion back to a place of connection with, with her, no matter what the circumstance is, right? No matter what's going on, whether it's stressful or difficult, whether it's trying or taxing or, or just maybe, again, like maybe we've just kind of been in this slump or we're just not relationally connecting very well at all and we're getting on each other's nerves, when that song plays, we just kind of both connect to the truth that we love each other, right? That we're here for each other. I'm not going anywhere, and she's not going anywhere, and we're in this thing together. And as long as the Lord gives us here on this earth, like we are together, we are united. And when that song comes on, that song comes on, it takes us back to that truth. And what I, what I want to do, I want to try to make a connection here. And I want you to stick with me for just a second, okay? We have a song in our heart that's driven by what we believe to be true i'm going to say that again we have a song in our heart that's driven by what we believe to be true and what we believe to be true is going to lead our emotions right and so when i hear that song come on it reminds me of the truth that i'm not going anywhere she's not going anywhere we're in this thing together and so then my emotions then they follow that truth and then when my emotions follow that truth i am free to not be erratic I'm free to not be irrational when when the circumstances may not be what I would like in the moment, when things are maybe a little bit less than perfect. I don't have to go to irrationality, and I don't have to let my emotions become erratic and just forget about the truth that we are connected and that we love one another. Does that make sense to you as you're sitting there? What I believe to be true is going to lead my emotions, okay? Now, try to relate that to our relationship with, with Christ for a second if we can, We have a song in our heart that's going to lead our emotions. When things don't make sense, when things are stressful, when they're out of our control, when there's the fear of the unknown and there's uncertainty that's involved, if the song in your heart is driven by the truth of who God is, right that He loves you, that He's for you, that He's not going anywhere, that He is in the middle of it with you, our emotions are going to follow that truth to a place of trust, and trusting that he's in control. No matter, no matter how out of control you may feel, it takes us back to a place of trusting that he's in control. But if the song of our heart is driven by the, isn't driven by the truth of who God is, and the song of our heart, rather, it's driven by a lie that says, you know what? he's not in control, he doesn't care about you, he must not love me, he's he's not for me, he doesn't have my best in mind, he's not capable of handling my unique situation, he might be able to handle everybody else's, but he can't handle my unique situation, then what happens is if I believe that lie, my emotions are gonna follow that lie, and they're gonna be all over the place, I'm gonna settle in a place of erratic behavior and maybe even irrational or or over-the-top emotional thoughts. The truth that rules your mind is going to rule your emotions. Or we can say it like this, the truth that rules your mind is going to lead your emotions. And that's going to become the song of your heart. And the song of your heart is going to be a song of trust, or it's going to be a song of of fear. And so the question for us is, what's that song, right? What's the song of our heart? Is it a song of fear, or is it a song of, of trust? And I think this is important for where we're at in, in our particular stage of life right now. When we're walking through things like we're experiencing like people being socially isolated from one another. When we're in, in places of, of quarantine and we don't know which county is going to be next and we don't know how long it's going to be and we're not sure when, when grandma's going to get to see the babies again and, and when we're going to get to see our friends at work again or when our kids are going to be able to kind of get out of the house for a little bit. I don't know about you, but like it's been a a week or two now where we've kind of been socially isolating and man, our, my kids are they're getting antsy and, 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 it's, and it's hard. Like We've done everything that we can but like, they're getting to the place like, I just don't understand why I can't play with my friends down the street. I don't understand why this, is, why, why this is happening right now. And so when those questions are you know, like kind of kicking in and we're stir-crazy moms at home, dads at home, or, or you're just kind of sitting around and, and you don't know what's happening, you're like, I don't want to be cooped up like this anymore. Let's this, get this thing over. You don't know if you're going to have a, a job tomorrow and your hours are maybe being cut and maybe you're hoping that the... Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, social, the, the economic stimulus plan that just got presented and just got passed. You're hoping like it, maybe that will be enough. I hope it's going to be enough to get me over the next couple of months hump. And if the song of your heart isn't based on the truth of who God is, when our circumstances are completely out of our control, as they usually sometimes are, then the emotions that we're going to experience are fear and anxiety and those things are going to begin to take over, and fear and anxiety, then those become the song of your heart. And so it's important for us to know the truth that's going on inside of our minds so that we can help know how to lead our emotions into this. Uh, my, uh, my mentor's father is uh, Pastor Stuart Briscoe, and, and uh, Pastor Briscoe, he, he says that stressful situations have the tendency to squeeze out of us what's already inside of us that stressful situations have the tendency to squeeze out of us what already is going on inside of us. It's kind of like a tube of toothpaste. When you squeeze a, a tube of toothpaste, you know there's something coming out of it, right? And, and it's going to be toothpaste that's on the inside. When you squeeze it, what's inside gets revealed. Likewise, stressful situations have the ability to put the squeeze on our lives to see what we've kind of been believing on, on the inside. And so, If you've got a Bible with you, what I want you to do right now is I want you to go ahead and open them up to uh, um, Philippians chapter 4, okay? So take the effort, if you don't have one in front of you right now, go find it in the house and pull it out. And if you've got kids in the room, let the kids open up the Bible, show them where Philippians 4 is so that they can follow along if they want to try to to be engaged with us this morning as well. Or if you have a device, go ahead and and scroll to Philippians 4. We want God's word in front of us uh, this morning. And so the question that we're asking is is this, is the song of our heart going to be a song of fear or is the song of our heart going to be a song of of trust? And so in Philippians, right, everything that that Paul's been talking about of us being citizens of heaven and our citizenship being lived out here on this earth that we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness— We've been placed into this kingdom of light and we're no longer governed by the world anymore, led by the world. We're governed and we're led by the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who rules over his kingdom. And the way that we live and the way that we respond and, and the way that we enter into crises and difficult situations is different than how we should be entering as a citizen of only of this world. And so all of that comes to a head here in chapter four and says this is what it looks like To actually live this out in real life, in your real job, in your family, in your real neighborhood, in the real crisis situations that we find ourselves in, in time to time. When things are less than perfect and less ideal, what is it that you're going to hold on to? What's the truth that's going to rule your mind, that's going to rule your emotions? So chapter four, verse one, therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for. My joy and crown. Stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul loves these people. And he takes this and he uses this word therefore. And whenever you see the word therefore, you ask the you ask the question, what's the therefore therefore? Right? And so the therefore is there. It's tying everything that Paul's been talking about. And he's been talking about bits and pieces, and he's circled around over and over and over again. And so now He's kind of bringing the plane and he's bringing it into a landing. And he's wrapping it all up and saying, Now, these are my final words to you. This is how we begin to live this out. This is how it impacts our real, our real world scenarios. <clears throat> I entreat Eudia in verse 2, and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, apparently, uh, there were a couple of ladies who were in the church, uh, Syntyche and, and Yudia, and they're just not getting along uh, very well. Um, There's some kind of bickering that's going back between the two. Um, They are squabbling and fighting over we don't know exactly what it is. And Paul says, listen, they've they've both been helpful to the ministry. They've been by my side uh, each and every time that I've needed them. They have been faithful contributors and leaders in, in the church. But right now, they are just fighting. And somebody step in and tell them to knock it off. Like to get control and let's get this fighting over with. You're breaking down the unity that's happening in the church. And there's a lot that, be, that could be said in this section, um, but I don't want to spend our time there this morning. I want us to get down to, to, to verse four. Uh, so let's go ahead and go down there because this is really where it begins to get real, okay? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He says rejoice. Now, let's be honest, right? Rejoicing isn't always easy. Sometimes it's easier to say than it is to do. And we've been talking about, like how do, how do we just not know Christ, but how, how do we live this out in, in our real everyday life? Uh, it's not just about knowing the truth, but it's about applying the truth. And so sometimes it's easy to say, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. It's a lot harder to put that thing in to practice. So, so think about this. There's, some pro, there's probably some scenarios in your life where when you've heard these words, or if you heard these words, rejoice in the Lord always, you would say, you know what, that's good in theory, right, that's good in theory, but you don't know what I'm walking through, you don't know the the journey that I've been on, you don't know my scenario at home, you've never walked a mile in my shoes, look around you, things are broken everywhere, in my life, things are broken, in my relationships, things are broken, in our community, things are broken, for heaven's sake, look around you, from county to county, there are people that are sick, and they are dying, There are people in our nation that are sick and they are dying. There are people in the world that are sick and they're dying. It's a whole lot easier to say than it is to do. So how can you right now say rejoice in what's going on? It's a fair question, isn't it? Uh, I've shared this story with you in the past, um, but I want to share it again with you this, this morning because I think it's relevant for what we're going through right now. Uh, when my daughter was uh, about two years old, um, we were uh, visiting um, uh, Ashley's parents in Missouri, and we were having a fantastic time, a great conversation, and Adeline was playing. And, um, but one, at one point while we were there, uh, she was kind of down the hallway, and, and she was playing, and uh, she was uh, kind of was quiet, which, was <laughs> which for her wasn't a normal kind of a thing. And, and I think uh, the mama radar kicked in, And uh, that thing that you moms have that just, man, is just on point and God has gifted you with that, it kind of kicked in and she knew something wasn't right. And so she went and scooped her up and she realized, man, she's on fire. And uh, so, not a physical fire, she had had a fever, thought I should clear that up. Um, But she had a a severe fever and she said, Anthony, go to the store, uh, go grab um, some Motrin. I said, okay. And so I ran to the store, got Motrin, came back and we gave it to her. Uh, but just something just something wasn 't right, like she was she was checked out she was she was spaced out in, in a real way, and she was just staring uh, at us, which was which was kind of kind of weird to to be honest. Uh, we were talking with her, and she wasn't responding and If you know my daughter at all, um, words are a gift for her. she loves <laughs> to talk, and that 's always been the case from the day that she was born until, until now. and so for her not to say anything, we knew something just just isn't right. And, and as we're holding her, all of a sudden her eyes just kind of rolled back in her head and uh, her little body began to have seizure-like convulsions. And I had no idea what was, what was happening. Um, it freaked me out, it, it scared me, um, I thought we were going to, to lose her. I've never experienced anything like that and, and so we called 911 and uh, I think I said 911. We called 911, and uh, they were supposed to be coming on their way. And uh, but the hospital was right around the corner, so like we just got in the car and we drove there as fast as we could. And, and the whole way that we're driving uh, to the hospital, I've got questions in my mind. I'm thinking, Lord, is is my little girl? Is she going to die? And uh, I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing right now? Are are we really only going to get to have her for two years? Really, like, we, two years, that's all we get with her. And and I've got these questions, and and, and I've got more questions than I have answers. And fear and anxiety is beginning to kind of, just kind of ramp up in my life. And I don't know what to do in this moment. We get to the hospital, and we're sitting in the waiting room, and and it feels like what seems like forever. And these questions are still going like, God, like, is is she going to make it? Like, what's going on right now? And uh, I just didn't know what to expect in, in those moments. And so for somebody to say in that moment right then, rejoice in the Lord always, I'm going to tell you, it didn't compute for me. It wouldn't compute because the box that I was in and the fear that I was experiencing was very real. It was very tangible. It was happening right there in the real moment. And there was nowhere where I could look and say, man, I can rejoice in this. Or how can I rejoice in this? this. I just didn't have a box in the category for that. It didn't compute. And maybe you're in a situation right now, or you've been in situations where, man, like, the idea of rejoicing in the Lord just doesn't compute uh, for you at all. And and it's a fair question of how 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 do I rejoice in the Lord? How, like, when things are erratic and when things are, are crazy? Well, it turns out for, for us, um, By God's grace, she was okay, right? Uh, We found out it was just a simple febrile seizure. Um, But in that moment, we didn't know that, right? And, And so how do you rejoice when you don't know what's going on? How do you rejoice when everything seems like it's crazy and it feels like your world is just falling apart and crumbling all around you? honest question. And so what I want us to do is I I want to, like like we did last week, I want to take a moment for whether you're sitting at home um, with a group of people or you're watching by yourself somewhere, I want you to hit the pause button and I want you to answer this question and have some real uh, dialogue uh, with yourself, um, with the Lord, or have some honest conversation with your group there. And I want you to answer this question. What makes it hard for you to rejoice in the Lord? What makes it hard for you, you to rejoice? Because there's some very real scenarios where we just wonder, like, how is God to be glorified in this? Or, or how do I rejoice when this is how bad my scenario is? So spend some time with, with your group. Hit pause. Answer the question, what makes it hard for you to rejoice? Uh, and then we'll, we'll come back in, in, in just a few minutes, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going, okay? Um, don't rush it. Uh, we're going to be here when, when you hit play. Welcome back. I, I trust that you had some uh, fantastic and honest, real conversation there uh, with the people that you're getting to worship with. Uh, I want you to notice um, something here in, in verse 4. We're going to jump right back in. Paul doesn't just say rejoice once here. He doesn't just say rejoice whenever it feels good or when, whenever things are going well in your life. He says rejoice always. And, and, and in case you didn't catch it the first time, he says, uh, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice and for you right now where you're sitting and, and for you in your home or wherever you're watching from and for us, oh, rejoicing always here includes when you're walking through a worldwide pandemic. Always includes when your kids are sick. Always includes when you've lost hours because there's not enough business revenue that's taking place to keep you on the payroll and you don't know if you're gonna have 40 hours, 30 hours, 20 hours or any hours um, at all always includes when the phone rings and the diagnosis on the other end isn't what you were hoping for. And and this is the real life stuff, right? This is is real life because it's not always easy for us to rejoice. Um, This is when the song of your heart gets plucked and and the toothpaste begins to get squeezed and and we get to see uh, a, a very real opportunity to see the truths and the lies that we tend to believe. Truths that lead us to trust or, or lies that lead us to a place of fear and anxiety. And so the question on the table then is, so how do you rejoice when it's not easy to rejoice? I think Paul has an answer for us here. Uh, so let's look at verse four again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm gonna say rejoice. And verse five, he explains how we can actually do this. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Paul says something here that I think that, that maybe you'll agree with and maybe you won't, uh, agree with uh, when things are crazy all around us, our natural response is sometimes to kind of freak out. It, uh, our natural response sometimes is to just to kind of go over the top and maybe sometimes be irrational or erratic it 's natural for us to, to kind of go to that that mode from time to time, but our natural response doesn 't have to be irrational or over the top and I think what paul 's doing here he 's making an appeal for us to be rational human beings, to be sane human beings, which sometimes is really difficult for us, isn't it? Uh, uh, Think about this. I'm going to try to say this as as gently as as possible. If being calm isn't really your thing, right, like keep calm and carry on, if that's just not your MO, if that's not your jam, or if not overreacting to, to certain things, if that's not your MO, or if you're prone to go to the store and buy 10 packs of 72 rolls of toilet paper right now, right? Sometimes reason and rationality, that's just not a part of your vocabulary at all. And so when things pop up in your life that you're not expecting and that that are out of your control and that bring some level of the unknown and and, and some uncertainty to your life, thinking rationally and and not erratically, sometimes it's just not a part of uh, of the little box and the category that, that you think through. And so we have to hear Paul say these words again. Let your reasonableness be known before all. Maybe your uh, version there says, let your gentleness be known. Let your reasonableness be known before all. But how can we be reasonable when we're sitting in the waiting room? How can we be reasonable when somebody hands us a pink slip? How can we be reasonable when we're trying to make last last month's check stretch into the next couple of months. How do you not lose your head? How do you not lose your cool? How do you not freak out? Well, look what he says in verse five again. He says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord's at hand. Well, Well, how's that change things? Paul here, he's a very clear thinker. Okay, when he says something, he doesn't just throw out um, uh, empty words. I, I tend to be somebody like I just splatter a, a bunch of words out there and then hopefully something sticks. Paul is, is very, very intentional in the exact words that he says. And so when he says don't freak out about your life and the things that are going on around you, he has a reason for the exact words that he's saying. That, I thought about an illustration um, this week that, that might help us out because it, it does us no good to think like, okay, listen bro don't look now but while you were cutting that board with that really sharp saw over there you kind of got your finger too (laughs) you kind of lopped off your finger you started out with five digits but now you got four or you had ten but now you got nine you kind of got your finger back there but don't freak out what do you mean don't freak out Like i lopped off my finger one of my digits is missing how am i not supposed to freak out here now, if I give you no reason why you shouldn't freak out, the natural response is going to be, well, you're going to freak out, right? It, it's natural, or, or just the fact that you're simply, you're losing a finger lends you to believe that I should be freaking out. But if I say, like, listen, dude, don't freak out. You just cut off your finger, but you're fine. And here's how I know you're fine. I'm a doctor. And actually, I'm not just a really good doctor, but I'm a, I'm a hand surgeon, and I'm the best hand surgeon in the entire world, and I've got thousands upon thousands of these hand surgeries that I've done over and over and over again, and I can take that finger, and I can put it back on, and it can be like you never lost it to start off with, so you don't have to worry. You don't have to panic. Well, that would change things, right? I think. Some of you are like, no, man, like that doesn't change anything at all. Like he lost his finger. I lost my finger. Some of you are like, why would you even use that illustration? That's just gross, like, couldn't you think of something else? Uh, maybe I could have, but that was the one that came to my mind. That's just kind of what we're doing right now. Guys, here's what Paul knows. Here's what Paul knows. The hand surgeon is on call. The hand surgeon is right there. He, he, he knows what he's doing. He knows what you're going through. He, he, he says, if it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. He knows what he's doing. Paul knows that in the beginning, God. That God created. And in the beginning, God said, and boom, it happened. And then he said again, God said, and boom, it happened. And God spoke again, and boom, it happened. And then on and on and on that went for six days, God was busy creating something out of nothing. He spoke things into existence that weren't there before. And Paul knows that this is the God that he's dealing with. And he knows that Jesus is the full embodiment of this God. And he was the one who was behind all of this creation. I want to read to you Colossians chapter 1. And if you want to thumb over to that in your, in your Bible, all you got to do is turn maybe um, just a page to, to, to get there. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. Here's what he says. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in him on In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Paul says he created everything. He was the agent at work in creating. And after he created, he didn't just spin it into existence, but he holds it all together. He's at hand. He's at hand. Paul is saying is here, the surgeon is on call. The surgeon is there. And when it looks like it's falling apart, he has the ability to put it back together. He knows what he's doing. He has the power. He has the ability. He has the compassion. And he's right here. And he's holding things together, Paul says. And here in our text in Philippians, he says, the Lord is at hand. And so how do we not freak out How do we not lose our minds when things seem to be falling apart or things that we would naturally begin to just kind of go over the top on or be irrational or erratic about? We let the song of our heart be driven by the truth that the Lord is near. We let the song of our heart be driven by the truth that the Lord is near, that he's at hand. And there's a lie that would say that he's absent and that he doesn't care, that he doesn't have the ability to to change anything, that he spun the world into existence and he just kind of took his hands off and says, I'm not holding it together, I'm just back here, and I'm waiting for this thing to kind of gas out, and whenever it gasses out, then everything's gonna be over. And if we believe that, that he is hands off and that he's not involved, then fear, panic, anxiety, they begin to wreak havoc in our life. And the lie begins to lead our emotions to a place of fear, And anxiety. But when the song of my heart believes the truth that God is at hand, that the Lord is at hand, that in fact Jesus is at hand, the emotion of my life is going to follow that truth to a place of of trusting that He's in control. The truth that rules your mind is going to lead your emotions. The truth that rules your mind is going to rule your emotions. And so is the song of your heart a song of trust? Or is the song of your heart a, a song of, of fear? See, everything belongs to him. Everything is his. All of heaven and earth is at his disposal. And all of heaven and earth, it responds to his command. And Paul says that we can be reasonable and we cannot freak out and lose our minds. Because the Lord is at hand. This Jesus is at hand. Things might look crazy from time to time. It, you may be standing there holding your finger in your hand and saying, put it back together. Get it back on there. And you're trying to keep it all together. But the Lord is here. The Lord's at hand is what Paul reminds us. That means that right here and right now, in the midst of the thing that we're going through, in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of your personal struggle or whatever it is that you're working through right now, that you're not going through that alone. That you, that God didn't just somehow wake up and, and, and get surprised by this. This isn't taken by surprise. He wasn't sitting around in heaven and just like taking a nap, and all of a sudden some messenger busts in the door, like, "Hey, wake up! I think you need to pay attention to what's going on down here. There's something down here that needs your attention. Wake up! Let's let's get after this." That that's not what happens, See, like. He and his power and his knowledge, it runs deep. And he's not taken off guard by anything. And as we work through this, he's not surprised and he hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten the world that he's created. He hasn't forgotten the people that he's put on the world that he's created. The Lord is at hand. And so when you woke up this morning, the surgeon was on call. When you woke up this morning, the Lord was at hand, and when you go to bed later on tonight, the surgeon's on call. When you go to bed later on tonight, the Lord is at hand. That doesn't mean that like, what we're going through isn't hard, right? It doesn't mean that what we're going through isn't difficult. The Proverbs tell us, with great wisdom, not to sing songs to a heavy heart. And if we're given the wisdom to not sing songs to a heavy heart, that means that there are going to be times in our lives when we walk through and our hearts are going to be heavy. When there are going to be things that we are experiencing that are hurtful. When things are, um, that that could potentially cause panic in our lives. When things could seem chaotic and erratic in our lives. There are going to be times that we walk through and we just, we walk through with uncertainty and the fear of the unknown and the possibility of fear and anxiety can set in. And and, and so um, God was very aware that there would be times in our lives where we would have heavy hearts. And so we're not foolishly thinking that that this scenario that we're in right now isn't difficult or your personal scenarios aren't difficult. And we're not oblivious to the fact that there are real issues happening. We're just going to choose to believe that the Lord is near, that He's at hand. And He's not somehow lost His power. He's not somehow lost His authority. He's not somehow lost His compassion. He is at hand and He cares. The very idea of rejoicing sometimes gets confused with when we're clapping and we're cheering and we're somehow happy at what's going on or we're glad for what's happening right now and we have to put on this, this fake smile and act like the world is perfect and everything in our world is, is going just fine. But rejoicing isn't clapping at things that should be making us cry. Rejoicing isn't, isn't clapping and, and, and taking uh, fond memories uh, of the thing that should be breaking our heart right now. That's not singing songs to heavy hearts. What Paul's referring to as rejoicing here is choosing to believe that the Lord is here. The surgeon's on call, he's there in the midst with us. The, the song of my heart is going to believe that he's here and then my emotions are gonna follow that truth to a place of trust. Rejoicing is trusting that God's here. It may be a hard situation, but you can still rejoice because the Lord is at hand. The truth that rules your mind is going to rule your emotions. And so what's the song of your heart gonna be? Is the song of your heart gonna be a song of trust, or is the song of your heart gonna be a song of of fear? The truth that rules your mind is going to lead your emotions. What's the song gonna be? We're gonna do something uh, right now um, that's a little bit different, okay? Uh, we're going to hit pause uh, again in, in just a second. And uh, w- once we're done, uh, Tony's going to come up and he's going to lead us in another song of just praising God for who he is and that fear doesn't get to stand a chance in our lives, right? That we're just going to trust in the one who's on call, the one who's at hand. And that's going to be the song of our heart, right? A song of trust. He's going to come up and he's going to lead us. Um, but right now, what I want you to do is I want you to spend some time praying for uh the, the people in your room i want you to spend some time praying for our community spend some time praying for our nation and for our world and, and because we can take joy and we can rejoice in the fact that the lord is at hand and so what i want you to do in in, in your prayer time together is i want you to praise god for his powerfulness i want you to praise god that he is in control I want you to praise God that he is at hand and he's not forgotten and taken his hand off the situation. He is completely involved. And so I'm going to lead us real quick, but then I I want you to jump into your group there and I want you to pray and just give glory to God for the power that he has and that he's involved. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thanks for your word. Thanks um, that we don't have to fear that our hearts don't have to be full of anxiety, that the song of our heart can be a a song of trust because we know unequivocally beyond the shadow of doubt that because your word tells us and because you've shown up over and over again that we can trust you. We, We can know that you're going to be with us and that we don't walk through this stuff alone. And so we wanna right now, collectively as a group, in Argentina, in India, in Ashland, in Ohio, in Texas, and, in, uh, in California, and in Florida, and wherever people are worshiping and gathering right now, God, we want to take time and we want to give you glory and we want to praise you for your power. You are so mighty and you are so available to us and we want you to tune our hearts to your song of trust right now in this moment through praising you, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.